All right. <laughs> What's going on, guys? Garden Report, Josue Pavone in Brooklyn, hanging out. Looks like you're in the press area, right? Yeah, yeah it's the corner where the obnoxious fans are. But they're all gone now. They're pretty damn quiet in that fourth quarter. Pretty damn quiet. I felt like there was a good Celtics crowd there, too, Josue. Yeah, yeah. A lot of green jerseys in the, in the crowd, for sure. That's cool. Um, yeah, the uh, all the Brooklyn hipsters are watching the World Cup. I don't know if they had any time here to make it to the game. <laughs> yeah, they took the day off. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so uh, a fair amount to talk about with this game. First, you know, it's one of those like, I mean, I'll get your observations. It's good to win ugly. Seeing that point total for the Celtics, you know, uh, you know, what they finish with? One oh, what is it? I'm looking at it right now. 103. 103? Oh, my God. 103? That's three quarters of work. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, the way this game started out, though, you thought that was going to be a grind, but the Celtics pulled ahead, you know, getting into that second quarter, and they never looked back. And a lot of that had to do with Jalen Brown. I mean, I just thought he had a terrific game. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, before the game started, I was talking to Bobby, and I'm like, oh, look out, everyone. It's going to be Kevin Durant versus Jason Tatum. But I should have said Jalen, right? Like, why didn't I say Jalen? He's the one that's been – Hot lately. He's the one that's been sort of, you know, when Tatum's not getting it done or or he's he's ice cold as he was Friday night, he's been the one that's, that's been taken over. And biggest reason why that game went to overtime, you know, Friday night against the Heat. And, and um he's he's a he's the biggest reason why the team the Celtics pulled ahead against the Nets. I mean, Tatum just couldn't get it going offensively. I thought the Brooklyn Nets did a really good job of throwing bodies at him and making him uncomfortable. Kind of similar to what the Miami Heat did. I feel like Jack Vaughn certainly took a page out of that playbook from Miami. However, this team relies way too much on Kevin Durant to do a little bit of everything. And I think that that, that really blew up in their face in the second half, you know, in a big way. They do. And there's no doubt, um, you know, and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, that's just, they are what they are, you know, you know what this right. team is. I, I like, you know what? I'm an, I'm a Claxton fan right now. I really like what he's done with this game. I think he's turned things around. He's been a, he's been a definite bonus for them. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, Kyrie is kind of one on one off these days. Um, just not a consistent. He's not the same. I think the creativity is there, but the shot making is just not as uh, as elite as as it was in his in his best days. And I know this is just one game, but you know, I I think you know I, when I look at this team, it's really all about Durant. And you could still have Durant go off and probably beat this team because there's just not enough of a supporting cast here. And you know. To their credit, this was a game where the Celtics really did put the clamps down on defense. One of my favorite things that they did, um, I like how they switched it up a little bit defensively, the way they defended Durant in the first half versus what they did in the second half. Started throwing a lot of double teams at him. He wasn't really prepared for it. It wasn't what they were doing the first time. He kind of freaked out. You know, he was used to getting to that spot, rising up and hitting his shots. I even thought they defended him well at sometimes in the first half, and he just hit Durant shots. There's nothing you can do about him. But in the second half, there was hands and there was bodies and there was extra people, and he was going to rise up for a shot, and all of a sudden there were people there, and he had the pass. I mean, you know, we're going to look at Jason Tatum's nine turnovers tonight, but it's hard to ignore. Kevin Durant had eight turnovers, uh, you know, uh, tonight too. So the Celtics made it hard on him. I think nine steals was the second most they had this season. Nine blocks is the second most they had this season. Sam freaking Hauser, get, you know, getting up and getting after it for a block. So the Celtics defended well. I kind of tweeted this semi-ironically, Joe Sway. Celtics defense kind of, started looking a little bit like last year's Celtics defense, but so did the Celtics offense. So there's a little good, little bad to be taken out of this. Um, 
and I'll get to the what I didn't like after. But what I did like is they put the clamps down. You have a 13-point third quarter. That dooms most teams. But you held the other team to 19 points. And then you just came out, put your foot on the gas, stepped on their throat in the fourth quarter, and that was it. Done. Um, so they, they did what they had to do despite it not being pretty. Yeah, for sure. And I think that Kevin Durant kind of wanted to pace himself throughout that first half. It seemed like during the, that first quarter, get guys like Harris going because he's been big for this team throughout the season. Throughout this small winning streak, right, they went into this one winning four straight. And Joe Harris had a lot to do with that. But I felt like in the second half, he was like, OK, this is my turn to take over now. Came out, scored, what, six of the first eight points for Brooklyn. Uh, I thought Joe Mazzula called probably one of my favorite timeouts of the season just to kind of regroup his team, make sure that this thing didn't get, you know, going down the road of tying or even losing a lead. And that's exactly what they did. They regrouped. Brogdon found Horford in the corner. You know, this team defensively, especially with in transition defense, the way they're getting back, I mean, you said it. Sam Hauser getting that block. Al Horford had a couple blocks as well. Jalen Brown. I mean, they're really hustling back on that end of the floor. And it's it's evident against a team like the Brooklyn Nets that was just trying to play uphill throughout that entire second half. And even when Kevin Durant got going and he tried to take matters into his own hands, they couldn't get this thing to a two-possession game. You know, the Celtics did a really good job of, again, like you said, putting the clamps on the Brooklyn Nets, but it, it's, uh, specifically – in the transition defense. I mean, that was huge. And that went a long way for the Celtics team, for sure. Yeah, welcoming in Sherrod. Sherrod uh, was uh, trying to find exactly his right spot to, to broadcast from. He's also in Brooklyn. Bobby Manning's also in Brooklyn. I'm the lone sad loser left behind here. You making, said you were coming. Making what cookies. Happened? No, I'm baking cookies right now. <laughs> I might have to go oh, check man. on him in a little bit. I might have to go check in a little. I have, That's a very... I I had to get away from Joe Sway. My Wi-Fi wasn't working. It rocked and Wi-Fi clearly travels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to be careful, coming man. Crystal, it gets coming you. in crystal clear now. It gets um, out. Listen, I, I, I don't know how much you guys have talked about this being the Jalen Brown game, but it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, was the, this is the reminder of Brooklyn. This is what you could have potentially had in a 26, 27-year-old body if you were willing to give up a guy who could pretty much do the same thing that I can do, but – I'm younger. I'm going to be doing this a little bit longer than, than, than Katie. And, and Durant is a phenomenal player. He's one of the best players still. But Jalen, this, this felt personal. This game felt very personal, especially when you look at the box score and you say he had 34 points. Yeah, but he got 20 in the first quarter. Who the hell scores 20 points in the first quarter and you're not the number one option? Jalen Brown, that's who. Yeah, but you uh, knew he wasn't going to go anywhere near 40. You knew it. Like, like it was like, this is, that's, that's what Jalen does. You know but but Jalen, I think, he, he has these moments where he will do enough to where you're like, okay, Jalen, we know. You're, you're kind of a badass in the game. We get it. You can do this. Okay. And he's like, thank you. Now, back to your regularly well, scheduled Jason Taylor. But one of these games, one of these games, I want to see him go for 70. You know what I mean? Like, why? Why stop? You know, and it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was a one man show. It was it was just freakish. No, I, right. no he answer. Nine, he was yeah. nine of eleven from the free throw line, which has been yeah, like yeah. a big complaint of mine. He, he, he got that done. Well, you know what? He's 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 at this point. He's so good at getting to the rim that even when he's shooting threes, guys are trying to contest him. He got fouled on a three point shot. How? I mean, how yeah. many times does Jalen Brown get fouled on a three point shot? Uh, you usually you usually give him that shot. Uh, but Josue, you were talking, I think, a little bit about just their defense. And I, I ran into a, a scout from another team uh, a few minutes before I came down here, and we were just talking about that. And he said, you know, this Celtics defense, what he saw tonight, is very reminiscent of what you saw 
down the stretch last season. It's like they've been waiting to unleash this this hellish defense for just the right teams, just the right moment. Uh, he pointed out the how there was a period where Kevin Durant went from being guarded by Jason Tatum to Jalen Brown to Derek White to Al Horford in one possession. It's just like, where exactly does he have that, I got this significant advantage? He's good, no question about that, but he doesn't have the mismatches that he's used to when you're running pick and roll and switches are made. And and the scary part about it is there's one of their one of their the, that last line of defense that takes away any mistakes that the front line makes. Rob Williams, he's not even out there yet. They're get there. This was uh, this was one of the more impressive wins because of the quality of opponents that they're playing with two dynamic guys that can go out and get you fifty, and the fact that they never let either one of them get into any real kind of flow or rhythm. They did not. Um, this was, you know, I, uh, touching on a couple of things you said, I, I do wonder how much Jalen, I'm curious if anybody talks about it in the post game is, you know, you spend an entire summer thinking like, you know, everyone thinks that this guy like Celtics would be crazy not to trade me for him. You know, not just me, me and a lot of other stuff just for right. this one guy. I'm not even good enough straight up. It's me and a whole bunch of stuff. To get them. And the Nets don't even want it. They don't even want me, you know? Like, that's got to be in there somewhere for sure. <clears throat> he said it. He's still holding on to stuff from draft night when Joe, when Joe Sway in his Celtics hoodie booed the choice, you know? Um, you know? <laughs> no. Lies. Lies. I was a, I was a big Jalen guy. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. The Guard Report, as always, is brought to you by our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs from football and basketball this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contest, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. So head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Uh, it's a terrific deal. Just use that promo code CLNS50 again. Betonline.ag, you get a 50% welcome bonus with your initial deposit. Use that promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet Online where the game starts. When he's there and he's booed and Wick's getting booed. <clears throat> he's got a massive chip on his shoulder, so that stuff's great. I love that he brought the good handles tonight. Zero turnovers. Zero. Okay. He, he was doing that spin move a lot of, a lot of the time. And he, which, and he was doing – the turnovers, yeah. <laughs> he was doing stuff that ends up in turnovers sometimes, right. and it didn't happen at all tonight, which is great. But, uh, yeah, I do feel like the Celtics kind of kick it up a notch when they play these types of guys. They play, It's the play your heroes game, you know? You look up to Durant. You look up to Kyrie. They still respect them. They want those guys' approval like crazy, but they also want to go out there and beat them really bad. I, I remember we talked about in the early days of those guys – especially like Tatum and Brown, but they were a little awestruck. They might have a good game and they were just really like, do those guys like me? You know, did they say something nice about me post game, but they didn't go out. <laughs> Josue always talks about Tatum game in LA when he has that big 49 pointer and they lose and he's acting like he won the Super Bowl after, you know, and that's a few years ago, totally different mentality. Now, now it's like, we're, 
I mean, it was almost disrespectful what they were doing to Durant with the with the steals and the strips. <clears throat> and he looked like an old man trying to chase him down, like, oh, they got me again. You know, I mean, they just they attacked him. They went after him. And that they, one, and they, yeah. Yeah. That one in the fourth quarter where he, he basically him and Jalen, it's just a, it's best man gets the rock. And Jalen easily swooped in for that, had the uncondensed gun, timeout Brooklyn. <laughs> and you know, and again, I don't want people to get this impression that that you know people are crapping on, on Durant. Durant is still a top ten player in this league, uh, which again, that there's there's no question about that. But the gap between him and a guy like Jalen and a guy like Tatum isn't nearly as massive as people thought. And I think these are the kind of games where you're reminded that yeah, Durant is still that guy. Yeah. Don't act as if Tatum and Brown are just some some chumps that are just trying to, you know, earn their way in the league. They're here. They've arrived. They're good. And Durant knows this. I would like to go once again on record for all of the people out there who say that I uh, hate Jalen Brown. I I was adamantly against the Durant trade um, because, again, you're not giving up. I think Durant has – the cliff is coming within a year or two. He's still – unbelievable he's an elite shot maker and his defense is uh, is is honestly really solid i think he would have been terrific here i think you could win a championship if you switched it out but then what you know like i think you're mortgaging a lot for what you're hoping is two good years as opposed to trying to build something that might keep you uh at the top of the league for five you're trying to be golden state you want to build you want to that's what you're trying to do here okay it's not mortgaging the future for that one title and you got it and you're happy and then who cares what happens after that you're trying to become the warriors you want to win three out of five you want to be there four out of six years that's what you want to do with this core with this group that you've got locked in going into the next four five six seven years you don't want to think about selling it all for just one shot at a title and a 35 year old guy coming off a major injury a couple of years ago hoping that he's got a couple good years left in him. He probably does. I just think it's insane to think that you're going to give away somebody in their prime, even if Durant is still clearly a little tick above Jalen Brown in terms of where he is. It doesn't take much. Durant falls this much. Jalen climbs this much, and they're on the same plane. It's not that big, you know? And that's that's more likely than not to happen just based off of their age and current trajectory. That's just you know, so I, I don't know. I never really understood the obsession. I actually think most Celtics fans were pretty adamantly against doing that trade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they should be, you know, yeah. because at the end of the day, the, the DAs, the fact that these guys are under contract and the fact that with everyone that at the moment when everyone expected these this team to fall and that that was it, they were a 500 team and that it was time to split those two up. They turned it around. They pushed it all the way to the NBA finals. And Jalen, even though it was by a little, showed up. The NBA Finals, right? I mean, out of everyone from the Celtics team, I felt like that was that was part of the narrative as well. Like, if you're Jalen Brown, you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, I, I played my ass off in that postseason. You know, I'll play Tatum in some regards. And still, it's like – and look, I never looked at the situation as Jalen wanted to always be, like, the top guy over Tatum or whatever. Like, there was some kind of rivalry between those two. But they proved that they can make it work. And they proved that they can only get better considering their age, considering where they are, and considering the fact that the, the core itself, the Celtics core – was all under contract and they had enough to go out and get someone like Malcolm Brogdon. And you have, you know, enough to, to, to give guys off the bench an opportunity to, to crack the rotation. So I, I always looked at it as it's it just, let's just see what happens. I know Cedric Maxwell and I used to go back and forth all season long, but I'm like, can they just finish the season? Let's just see what they, what happens when they lead this team. And of course we saw what happened and now we want more. And I don't think anyone was going into the season thinking there's no way the Southerners can get back there and, 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 
and beat the Warriors. The Warriors had their number. You know, I think everyone was giving this team the shot of, of you know, going back not only to the finals, but winning it all and seeing how they were going to learn from that loss. And we're already seeing it right now. Best team in the NBA and being teams like this, you know, the Brooklyn Nets in their house, I think it's significant for sure. Yeah, and doing and doing so without doing so against a team that has a pair of lethal scores as as good a tandem as you're going to find and doing exactly. so without your best perimeter defender. And that's to me is what making this team so scary is that they're able to beat really good teams playing a certain style with one of their main pieces missing and they're not missing a beat. I mean, so who would your your best right. perimeter defender and your and your rim and protector, your, yeah, right, mm. right. And and if you're Brooklyn, you're thinking like, wait a minute, we don't have to deal with Marcus, we don't have to deal with Robin, we still getting that ass whipped. Damn. Ironically, and Joe ironically, Harris, is, he's here, right? Yeah, he's damn it. Like you know, <laughs> that was one of the missing guys throughout the entire uh, postseason for them. And Joe had a good game. I thought Joe played good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of good things. You're missing Simmons, and Simmons actually had found a bit of a rhythm as that small ball five. I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Ben Simmons is, you know, that third, you know, member of a big three. He's not that guy. But they were starting to figure out ways to use him. Claxton was more u- was more useful than they thought. They were actually yeah. defend. They've actually been defending fairly well, and they've been scoring. So they've been playing pretty well. Uh, they're not full, but again, you're missing you're missing guys, and you're able to shut down uh, these really dynamic scores. However, what I think, what this is my not great takeaway from this game. Everyone, you know, is talking about missing Marcus and, you know, his defensive presence. And there's some people in the chat saying they won tonight because they didn't have Marcus out there jacking threes because that's what people will say. Marcus Smart's presence out there to, to uh, is is necessary to get this team to continue to play the way it's played all year, which is both with pace and with movement. And what we got into again tonight with these guys was way, way, way to this is way, way, way too much ISO again. Dribble, 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 fi- and that's the downside to playing teams where you think you've got a matchup. There's matchups all over the floor. You see Curry, you see Harris, you see ding, ding, ding. You switch up against uh, Irving in the post. Take the guy, take the guy, take him off the dribble. There's so many matchups out there to exploit that what ends up happening is you end up in you're stuck in iso ball and just trying to attack one against three, one against four, and you're not doing the stuff that that gets you your uh, – you know, you know, that's, that's gotten you buckets. It's a really low assist night for them relative to what they've been getting. It was a really, it was a high turnover night. That's how they get themselves into troubles. They see these matchups, their eyes get big and they revert back to some of the stuff that they were doing. Who did they do it the other night with, um, with, uh, was it with Miami? No, um, Monday night, Monday night. We've seen it what a couple times, and it's a thing that worries me when, when it when it does flash, and uh, right. that I want to see them get out of for the next game. You know, um, get back to what they were doing, and get back to moving that ball instead of like. And again, your two star. What happens? Your two stars end up with a lot of points, but everyone else is kind of standing around, not really contributing as much. Derek White didn't have much of a game tonight, and didn't have much opportunity to make an impact. Obviously, Brogdon had to play heavy minutes. He was the guy who helped settle things a little bit for you. Um, right. Which was great, but they missed Marcus's presence. I thought a ton on the offensive side. Yeah, no, 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 no question for sure. And and I think um, again, this performance out of Jalen in that first quarter. You know, this team is just very different when they get out to a right to to a good start. Even though the very beginning of that first quarter wasn't ideal, the way they were able to turn things around, grab that lead, essentially never give it back. I, I think that we've seen that sort of pattern 
um, when, when they can finish the quarter strong and just continue to apply that pressure on defense. And then it usually translates to fast break offense, easy opportunities for guys, and, of course, the three-point shot to fall. I mean, they were shooting 50% by halftime. And that, was, that wasn't just on the floor, but also from behind the arc. They went 11 for, um, 11 for 22. So, I mean, the, the way this team can just turn things around, it, it's really impressive. I mean, that's just something that didn't happen often last season, right? You sort of saw which way, which direction the game was going. Sometimes it was a story of two different uh, uh, halves for the Celtics, but they're able to correct those mistakes uh, very quickly now. And I think that's a, that's a good sign of a, of a, a championship-like team, you know? And I think Joe Mazzulla is getting a better pulse for how to manage the minutes. I don't think it's that's a coincidence true. that on a night where Derek White isn't as impactful as he were accustomed to seeing, Peyton Pritchard plays a few more minutes than usual. Uh, I don't think that was just happenstance. I think Joe Mazzulla recognized that Derek isn't quite giving us what we need tonight, but damn it, Peyton, this is your shot to do do your thing. And he went in there, he made some shots, he did some positive things. And, and that's where, again, this Celtics team is finding ways to grow, to evolve, and still win games. And they're doing it with guys who are kind of maybe in the background emerging to the forefront for, for spells here and there. And guys that we haven't seen play or guys that are missing, they're yeah. not missing a beat without those guys. Right. That's, that's scary. So th- th- that's the thing. And so, and just so everyone is clear you know, on what we're saying, and people are saying things like a win is a win in the chat and blah, blah, blah. It's not because you are, you're right now you're aiming for something much bigger. Okay. You know, this team is good. This to me is the Patriots, uh, you know, during the, the good years, just where are you leaving? You trying to leave? Okay, bye. This is the Patriots. This is the Patriots during during the you know two point Brady, you know the, the the last ten Brady years, or even most of them, which is they only play two games a year: the conference championship and the Super Bowl. These are the only ones that matter. Nothing else matters. So you're not. It's not the win is a win is a win. You're trying to figure out how good is this team going to be when it's time to play Milwaukee in the conference finals, when it's time to play Golden State in the finals. It's literally all. Uh, all you're judging them against. Uh, it really is. That's and that, Yeah, I mean, that's the standard they've set for themselves to be judged by. And whether it's fair or not, that's irrelevant. That's just who you are. When you yeah. come within two wins of winning a championship and you bring back the core of that group and you add players who fill some of the voids that your team that fell short was lacking, you're going to have tremendous expectations. And I, to be very frank and candid with you, John, I, I, they've exceeded the expectations I had for them at this point in the season, even with Time Lord, I didn't think they'd be this good. Uh, yeah. Because because what they're doing now, their offense, even even with a loss here and there, they're still on this incredibly unprecedented pace uh, offensively. And defensively, you know they're going to get better because they have all the makings of an elite defensive team because we saw that last year. And that's it. And again, so when Bobby gets on here, that's what I want to talk about. Um, hold on. Um, the uh, the defense doesn't worry me. This team can be a great defensive team when it wants to be a great defensive team. This team can win a lot of different ways. This team right now, the key to this team being its the best version of itself is uh, is is the offense continuing to hum and continuing to flow the way the way that it was by you know using everybody going deep into that bench where what have we seen a few times in the last few games 
lesser contributions from the bench, you know? And, and so you really want to continue doing what you're doing because you want everyone to be involved. That's when the team was at its absolute best. When you have that Tatum and the Tatum and the bench boys coming in there. And again, you have Marcus out, that's going to mess with your rotations a little bit there, but they haven't gotten that as consistently as they've gotten. Hauser's cooled off uh, a good bit. They're not getting that consistent bench, uh, you know, the bench scoring that they were getting beforehand, but you just want to see them move the ball, get the 26, 27 assists per night uh, and, and, and just have that offense cooking. But just again, tonight's one of those nights where you can win a lot of different ways. They won, they won a different way tonight. And that was fine. It was an impressive win uh, uh, on the road against a pretty good team. Uh, and one that I honestly, I felt like they were, they were playing with their food for most of the game. Sherrod, I felt like they could have at various times have put this game away earlier. And then they finally did. And it's just, that's the comfort in this team. It's, it's shocking when they don't finally be like, okay, we're going to be serious and just do this. And then they did. I mean, this was like a two possession game. And then one, like 90 seconds later, both teams had emptied their benches. It was over like that. You know, yeah, yeah, and they, they've got that kind of explosiveness and then unreal defense and, and offense. They just bang, yeah. bang, bang. It was over. Steal right. bucket, steal bucket. Three gone. Good night. You know, bring in, you know, bring, you know, bring in the kids. And and what they're doing is that if you're going to beat them, you're not only going to have to play a good game, you're going to have to play the entire game and then some. I mean, they got what three of the five losses. I think we're in overtime. Three that, of the five, right, and two that, to Chicago. Yeah, and two to Chicago. So you're, you're talking about a team that even when they're not playing great, they're still going to compete. They're going to compete at a level that's going to give them an opportunity to still win, even on nights when they're not at the top of their game. And that, again, this is what championship teams do. This is the positioning that they they put themselves in. And, again, we're, we're having these conversations, and I don't like talking about titles this early, but they're doing everything that you would want a team that's building towards a championship run to do right now. They're finding different ways to win. They've got contributions coming from their top-tier players all the way to the end of their bench. You've got guys that you can literally put on mothballs for a week or two weeks, throw them into the starting lineup like they did Blake Griffin, and they can actually give you something. That is highly unusual when you're talking about this day and age NBA where most teams, you're looking to have maybe a couple of guys that can bring it like that, but they've got about eight or nine that have that ability to make a significant impact whether it's scoring, rebounding, defending, passing, whatever is needed, these guys find a way to bring that. Yeah, they did. Um, we're going to welcome in Bobby in a little bit and uh, and and keep the show going a little. Once again, Celtics 103-92. We want to tell you uh, very quickly about a couple of sponsors. we got another one joining the party tomorrow. But first off, we're going to tell you about Calm. Uh, we've had a few orders flooding in. I actually think it's a great time of year, holiday season. If you're looking for presents, you can get people. Uh, both of these are actually really good. For someone who's been looking for different methods to relax, you can look to Calm. It's the number one mental wellness app. Uh, Calm.com slash garden. If you go there, you get 40% off a premium subscription we're talking about curated music tracks we're talking about sleep stories we're talking about nature sounds all sorts of different things and if you uh keep uh you know keep up with the premium subscription they keep updating it weekly it really is a terrific thing it's a great thing to get your mind and your body right when you're trying to wind down and get yourself ready for bed um so you should definitely go check it out go poke around see if you like it calm.com slash garden receive 40 percent off uh that premium subscription and of course um athletic greens uh, athleticgreens.com slash garden. If you go there, you get that on the screen. One-year supply vitamin D5 free travel packs. Uh, everyone on the Garden Report takes Athletic Greens. One-stop shopping, 75 vitamins and minerals. 
boom, into a, uh, you know, into a cup of water, one little scoop. You're done for the day. No need to go shopping for, you know, a million different pills and supplements all over the place. It is, uh, you know, uh, diet friendly. It is uh, lifestyle friendly. Uh, it has no sugar in it. It's endorsed by a million uh, healthcare professionals. Uh, really a terrific way to kind of just one-stop shop, you know, uh, get all the things that you need for your body uh, and just lock it in. Like we said, one scoop in the morning and you are good to go. So again, if you go there, um, and you, oh, and sorry, we wanted to mention what does it do? Sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness, gut health. Uh, it's literally everything that you're looking in for in all of the supplements that you're probably going around chasing uh, on a regular basis. So again, athleticgreens.com slash garden free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. Uh, are you at all, uh, Marcus, it seemed like, uh, just a one-off kind of little bump tonight, right? Yeah, concerned. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not concerned about that. I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, if, and if you start really to think about it, of all their core guys, as they kind of go through this whole process of load management, he's been the one guy that they really haven't done much of that with. So, uh, for him to get a night off every now and then, especially when you look at just the, the trip that they got coming up, you know, you've got the Devin Booker's of the world and et cetera that you're gonna need, really need him for. This was a good night uh, for him to take off. It was, and you're gonna have you're gonna have no Horford tomorrow. Um, right. So um, you know, again, kind of pick and choose your spots. You got a road trip coming, um, you know, so you've gonna. You know, it's uh, the back to back here with up in Toronto. Um, so that's gonna be something else here. Hold on one second, I'm trying to clear my graphics here. Um, so yeah, no Al, that's not going to be great for you. But we do have the possibility that Rob is returning, uh, and I know we keep talking about it, um, and we keep saying, "Not yet, not yet, not yet." But I, I, if you're listening to what Joe said today, I don't know how to interpret this other than when Rob says he's good, we're just going to put him in. Yeah, I, I, yeah, but I, I don't think it's that cut and dry. I, I think my, my understanding is that as, as far as the, the protocols that he needs to uh, pass to, to get back on the floor, he's pretty much there. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is their concern is, is that whatever the protocols involve, there's a certain repetition to them. And I think he, that still needs to happen. Like he can do everything that I think he needs to do, but he needs to be able to do it with some degree of consistency before I think everyone involved feels comfortable bringing him back on the floor. But there's no doubt that he, he's going to be – I would be shocked if he's not back at some point on this West Coast trip. I think it just makes too much sense uh, to bring him back, particularly when you know there are going to be games where you're not going to have Al, uh, and you can throw him out there for 10, 15 minutes. Uh, you, you've shown the ability, again, to, to really be an elite team defensively without him. And so it's, it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get into the flow of how he fits into this new-look Celtics team a team that looks to score the ball more than the teams that he's accustomed to playing for. But there's, there's no doubt that at the end of the day, Rob is going to be a difference maker for this team. Um, I do believe that having him in the mix based on how they've played, he's, he's that, that one ingredient that can put this team over the top and win a championship. He's that impactful. I, I, who would have thought, again, you, you look back at some of our like discussion preseason and our predictions, and like our thought was – Rob might miss the first two and a half, three months of the season. They're going to take a while to get right. 
They're going to be a little bit thin. They might take some losses through some load management. So they might struggle to end up as the three or the four seed because they're going to give away a lot of games early. Rob's going to take a month or so before he hits his stride. Um, and then really they're not going to start cranking until post all-star break, you know, into March and whatever. And at that point they might peak and who cares who they play because they'll be all clicking on all cylinders. Now we've entered a world in which winning a title without Rob is not only plausible and now you'd even say they're betting favorites if Rob Williams never played another minute. So what happens if Rob, and again, if obviously you want your good players back, there's certain things are going to be tough to sustain Al Horford's load and minutes. He really has become more of a three and D wing as he gets later into his career rather than a big, but again, <laughs> you need, I mean, he's still incredibly useful and incredibly impactful out there because there's just not a lot of teams that have a lot of beef that you're really super worried about right now. Obviously, Embiid is Embiid, but um, but you need Rob. And when you get Rob, oh, my goodness. So the possibilities, I just think, are so interesting. And in what happens here with this team when he returns, we're all just dying to see it. And I think everyone's going to be patient in the early going if he doesn't look exactly like he's, you know, like like himself. But it is really exciting to see, like, what if it's close? What if he's close to himself right out of the gate? Like, where can this team go? Uh, you know, I'm almost scared because you almost like want to like put the whole team in bubble wrap. If, if Rob comes back and he looks good, it's like, let's just pause and let's just get to the playoffs and go from there. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, if, if he's if he comes back and he's looking like, you know, uh, top time lord player. Then I'm a little concerned because at that point you would be looking at a team that looks as, as completely awesome as can be and we're not even at Christmas and that that makes me a little bit nervous because the longer those guys are out there before you get to the games that truly matter like the playoffs and things like that the more you run the risk of a fluky injury or or some type of setback that would just derail the momentum that this group is is building up I I do worry about that all the time as I'm watching them play Um, but on nights like this where I don't think they played their absolute best game as a team and they're still able to win by 10. Those are the games that are actually more encouraging to me than the ones where they beat teams by 25, 30 points because when they've got to fight and claw and, and battle to get to win, that builds up a certain kind of toughness that I think this team is going to absolutely need if they're going to make it through the Eastern Conference and get back to the NBA Finals. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it's too long ago. Even the good versions of this team. This is a team that almost pissed away a shot, a chance to get to the finals with a late game collapse against Miami. There are a couple of games right. in that series where they just completely shut down. We saw them even when they were playing really well in important games, just lock up and not be able to get buckets down the stretch and not be able to extend leads or hold leads or put teams away. And now you're seeing completely the opposite, which is just closing time uh, with these guys where they just lock it in. I mean, this that little stretch in the fourth quarter there where they put this game away was so freaking impressive because you let them hang around, you let them hang around all it's a three or four point game and it's okay. Anything can happen. That's And no, they, they absolutely slammed the door shut. It was uh, unbelievably impressive. Um, the way this went down, we'll bring in Bobby here too. Bobby, we, we went so hey. long. We, we've already moved on to Rob, but I want to give you your opportunity to talk about things you like talking about, like all those rays of light coming down on you right now. Are, are you in <laughs> this heaven? Is, this is yeah. a heavenly Bobby. We're this watching. is heaven out here in Brooklyn. Are we? In, is this? Are we in heaven? Um, I actually uh, got some good stuff. I just uh, I just talked to Kevin Durant before he hopped on the bus. Uh, obviously, he worked out with Jason Tatum last summer, and 
um, you know, he was pretty close with him and, uh, you know, asked a little bit about what's different with him this year. This wasn't his best game tonight, but I, I love the way he's kind of playing off the team to set himself up. Jalen Brown kind of took over the ball handling while he had some turnover issues tonight and thought they did a good job of like not getting stagnant trying to attack those mat- mismatches, but setting him up to go at Curry, to go at Joe Harris, get those guys off the court in foul trouble. It was, it was all really good stuff. And that's kind of what Kevin sees is like the team and the system and that five out really accentuating what Tatum's able to do. He doesn't really think Tatum's taking a big step, um, but you know, he, that's team and the system is really putting him in a good position to succeed. Wait, he did not think Tatum is taking a big step. Yeah, no, he says he's always been a great player. It's just that the system and the team's really well suited now to, you know, let him take this leap that he's taking right now. Well, I, I, I'd be curious to, to know what he would have thought about Tatum and this leap if he were teammates with Tatum. Because uh, I don't think Tatum would be the player that he is this season if he had number seven next to him, the other number seven. Yeah, no, you wonder how those two would have fit if that trade ultimately went down. Um, I was obviously an advocate. Jalen's had an up-and-down season here, but I did eventually turn. After all the drama and we in Brooklyn. Were, and, and we welcome you with open arms once you finally came to the light, Bobby. What a game from Jalen tonight. It's, it's, he's taken big steps this this week. I, I think they were all really impressed with his defense. He made a big uh, you know, leap on that end as well as offense tonight. No turnovers. So this was, this was good stuff from the Celtics who got down early. John was in the group chat saying, blowout coming. <laughs> this is going to be a bad one. And they led pretty much from halfway through the first quarter, or yeah, halfway through the first quarter, right through the end. So uh, impressive win. Best defense I've seen them play all year. Obviously, I've been sounding the alarm there. Uh, they did great stuff there. So this is this is a good step as they get into some tougher games. Although I think this will probably be the, I don't know, either this or Toronto, I guess, will probably be the most manageable matchup on this trip because it really gets hard as they get further out west. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it's... I guess when I, when I think about this this game, Bobby, I, I love the fact that, and I, I talked about this a bit earlier, that this game, they had to actually kind of, they had to get it done defensively. I, I love the fact that when they made that fourth quarter surge, it was really their defense that was triggering the offense. And that's something that we haven't seen as much of with this group uh, this season. And it, it, it's, again, it reminds me that there's a lot of tricks they got in the bag that they can whip out and beat you with. And that's... Uh, that's what makes this team so I think so so scary is yeah. that there really is no one thing you can take away and feel like oh if we get rid of that we can beat them. Perhaps size, perhaps second chance points. That's per, that's perhaps Maybe. the only thing where you like. But it just it happens so seldom uh, to a point that it's like a, a difference maker because the Celtics and there just are aren't so, that many teams built for that. There aren't that that's many teams built for that, and the Celtics are so much better than those teams at so many other things that they can even concede some of those and still not have it be the tipping point. Uh, in in where they go. Obviously, you haven't played Milwaukee yet. Milwaukee's going to be an interesting matchup and see how they match up there. Um, But again, as I said, I'm viewing this as the season begins at the conference championship, and then we'll see what happens after that. Everything up until then is just a tune-up, the way that these guys are playing, obviously. Um, Bobby, uh, Kyrie kind of sucked tonight. Did you talk to him, and what what was his attitude after the game? He, he was short in the presser. He didn't say too much. Yeah, because he, he, he saw get... too many of you guys, right? He saw Boston faces, and he's like, uh-uh. 
well, yeah, I don't think he's loving the New York media this year either. So it's just yeah. yeah it but when he saw you guys, he, I'm sure he shut it down. Yeah, I didn't get to ask him anything, but um, he did get asked about his relationship with Jalen and said that they're brothers and they kind of align on everything and how they treat people. Oh, everything. That. That, was, that was kind of the most most interesting thing he said. But other than that, it was just kind of not, not, not nothing too interesting. But, yeah, they made it tough on him. I thought the Celtics' defense switching caused a ton of trouble for Brooklyn in this one. Even switching when and then the doubles on KD. Yeah, Malcolm said they were trapping him. They were double teaming him. They were really that's trying to hit him. him. And that's yeah. and that's and that's what they did in the playoff series. It looked very similar, even without Rob out there. So, yeah, they they were super effective. To your credit, John, like it showed that when they turn it up, they can really get it done on that end. Although I thought the Nets were disruptive at times too in this one. Like I almost look at the Nets to go to your comment about what the East is going to be like in the playoffs this year. If these two teams met again. I think Brooklyn would be a little better positioned to hang in games and maybe even win one or two this time around because it feels like they have the Royces O'Neills and Nick Claxton had some good moments in this one. And then, of course, you got Ben Simmons at some point coming back. It feels like they're a little better positioned to guard than last year at this time. And this was obviously I mean, a low-scoring defensive game. Again, take it for what it's worth, Nets' defensive rating on the season is about what the Celtics was coming into this game. They're kind of middle of the pack, but over the last 15, 20 games, they've been really, like, they've been a top five or six team, I think, the Nets overall. Yeah, um, under so Jacques Vaughn. Give them credit. They have, Jacques Vaughn Nets have played much better defense. So, um, yeah, it's it's something you didn't really expect from them. Uh, they actually are somewhat limited offensively unless Harris is going off here. And, you know, Curry hasn't really – I don't feel like he's been right. But um, it, it's a two-man show. trouble tonight. It's a two-man show. It goes as far as that goes, um, you know, with uh, with those other guys there. And uh, Kyrie was definitely a little bit off uh, tonight. And now you're going back to, you know, from – what was it game one of the uh of the uh first round of this uh series he's now dropped he's now had four straight duds against his team where he's completely been uh you know contained and or just looked bad yeah it's it's gotta be the dribbling right like he's not gonna be someone who moves off the ball he, he can be but he, he's going to dribble against this defense that really can set and really can one through five stay in front of guys and there's a lot of good individual efforts. I thought Brown was great on him in this one. Uh, you obviously had Brogdon playing a lot more. He did a decent job there. Um, Pritchard, Hauser, they came in up the bench and handled switches pretty well. In fact, Pritchard even got Irving a few times on offense uh, with his dribble move. So good effort up and down the lineup, I think, just to hold their own one-on-one. This is a good opportunity to really get put in isolation and have some guys just dig in. And stop people one-on-one. This isn't the Heat doing all the handoffs and screening and bams, rolls, and all that different kind of stuff. Like, it's a different kind of offense that you're seeing from the Nets. And it really allows you, once you get through the switches, once you line up, to just, you know, classic basketball, one-on-one. Guard your yard, get your, get a stop on a guy, and that's what Brown's great at. That's what some of their guys off the bench who aren't known as great defenders, Pritchard, Hauser, they're good when in the, they're in that position. Like, they can hold their own, and they did in this game, and Irving had trouble pretty much no matter who was in front of him. Yeah. Let me um, let me ask you this, Bobby. Sherrod and I were talking about it. Uh, I felt like the no Marcus presence contributed to, to twofold, both the no Marcus presence and knowing that there's so many people you can attack individually on the nets on the floor. Celtics got into ISO ball again looking for matchups instead of uh, doing what they do best, and you don't have Marcus out there to settle things. 
Yeah, and that's always a worry when you're trying to match up Hunt. I, I think the Celtics have done a good job getting it off the ball and in movement uh, this year, and Broadman talked a little bit about that in the locker room, but it lends itself to getting stagnant. I think it happened for both teams here in this game because they were both trying to do the same thing, go at Pritchard and Hauser, go at Curry and Harris, and I thought the Celtics did a little bit of a better job, except for between the third and the fourth quarter. Celtics only scored 13 points in the third. Um, and then they went on a 4-20 stretch there between quarters. So, yeah, that can get you into some um, stagnancy. And Joe Mazzulla actually took credit for that after the game. He thought he should have stepped in and pulled them out of that rut and called some plays. And he said yeah. that one's on him. So he took credit for that. Good. And again, anything that they do that ends up being a one-off, which in many cases it has, is fine because you're not going to play 82 games clean where you're doing everything exactly the right way with full on defensive intensity and, you know, great ball movement, approaching 30 assists every single night. It's just shooting 50% from three. It's not going to happen. You just don't want to see habits forming and regression uh, with these guys. So you don't want to see a stretch of games where they kind of get away from what they've been doing uh, that, you know, we like this record setting greatest offensive uh, rating in the history of basketball version of the Celtics. Like, keep trying to do that. Don't fall out of what it is that's gotten you these ridiculously gaudy numbers uh, through the first quarter of the season. Just don't forget yourself as far as that's concerned, because you're right. You've got guys who are supremely talented who are looking across, you know, the floor at like that guy and like, oh man, just like, give me the ball. You know, we've all done that. You know, you see it, you know. It's a it's pickup style. Like this guy's not this guy can't stay in front of me. Give me the ball. Um, and they're right, but when you need a bucket here and there or down the stretch, you don't want it, you don't want that to be how your offense runs. Yeah. What do you got on that, Sherrod? Mismatch hunting, stagnancy. Where'd you see them do that in this game? It, it, it's just it's in their DNA. They can't help themselves. They 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 can't help themselves. Uh, because when you get to this point in, in the game. And gosh, you just do it without even realizing you're doing it. I mean, Jalen Brown and, and Tatum have I, probably for most of their careers have been the best player on the floor. The one guy that no one on the other team can guard. And the goal is to win. And if you can't guard me, I'm just going to do what comes naturally, which is ta attack you and finish. Uh, but uh, it's clear that they're much more comfortable with their ball movement now than they were a year ago where you're seeing more guys getting touches, more guys getting opportunities. But I thought against this Brooklyn team, I thought they did a little bit more matchup hunting than they normally do. Um, is that, is that smart being out, like John said? I do. I believe that has a lot to do with, with smart being out because one of his primary responsibilities is to not allow that to happen. And, and, and again, that, that's uh, one of the big adjustments that Marcus has had to make with all the players around him now is to figure out what exactly can he do to impact winning beyond defense. And I think part of that is his ability to simply get folks in the right places where they need to be to get, instead of focusing on matchups, just focus on the right play at, at, the, at the right time, regardless of the matchup. Because if, if you really start focusing on the, the mismatches, you're going, you're, you're thinking about that and you're not just playing. And, and that makes it a lot easier to defend teams that aren't just playing when they're thinking too much. And sometimes I think the Celtics get in trouble with that, but the key with Marcus is he doesn't allow you them to stay in that state too long. Uh, and I, I thought, again, his absence was definitely noticeable. But like they've been doing all season, when something is not right or someone is not where they need to be, someone else figures out a way 
to get through that and help them win. And I thought, like, Malcolm Brogdon, I thought... Was, I was just going to go there. Yep, he pulled yeah. them out of it. Yeah, I mean, you look at his plus-minus, we're like, I think plus 16 or something like that when he was on the floor. And he didn't have a great scoring game, but he had a great pulse on what needed to be done when he was out there by whom. Yeah, he had a three in the first to end the drought, layup in the second, got to the free throw line, another three in the second as well. Uh, but really, it was that that rut I just talked about between the third and the fourth. Uh, he pulled them out of it with an and one at the end of the third, and he found Horford uh, for three to end that last comeback by the Nets there. So it felt like every time he was able to get the ball in his hands, he did something with it. And that's been his power this year, whether it's with the bench or whether it's mixing in with the starters like he was able to do tonight without Smart. He's great. I mean, there's just nothing... It's, it's crazy. It, it almost got overlooked over the summer, uh, how big of an impact that was. Not in around Boston and on this show. We knew how we knew how seismic of an addition this would be. But it kind of paled in comparison to some of the other movement, at least in terms of a name around the league. And I think nationally, went a little bit under the radar just how, how crucial that pickup is. And they're keeping it low, like the minutes. It's 20 minutes a game. They're trying to sort of manage him, it feels like, through the course of the regular season. But when he gets out there, he's making stuff happen in a hurry. And it's a great option to have. Um, having a guy that can, whether he's starting, coming off the bench, he's going to make it an impact either way. Uh, some guys need to have a very specific role. You know, um, he's not one of those guys. And, and, and to think of what they gave up to get him is just, again, that, that makes it all the, all the sweeter if you're a Celtics fan. Um, you didn't have to touch your core to get a core guy. Neesmith is a starter. Neesmith's a starter right now. Tice, okay. Tice still hasn't played a game for Indiana. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. yeah. I think he had knee surgery. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, you, there's not, there's, there's, we were ecstatic over that. You know, we, we you know, that was like, a, you know, you moved on from Nick won the championship when they, yeah. Nick Stauskas, Jawan Morgan. They just threw a bunch of roster guys in there. And, you know, that opened up room to sign some of the back-end guys that have given them some good stuff this year, whether it's Vonley or, you know, Justin Jackson hasn't played a ton, but it was nice to be able to get him in the mix there. And uh, it was just a great move all around. Uh, you cleared off that Tice contract. That wasn't a great contract. And, he, you know, you didn't love his play in the playoffs, John. So that was like a bonus in itself. Like, you might have had to move a pick just to get off Tice's money. And instead, you're bringing back Brogdon in exchange and, you know, throwing Neesmith out there, which, you know, it was time to move on from Langford and Neesmith when they did. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It's your, 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 look, the, the upshot, once again, to have the same conversation we've had, the upshot of playing the kids was you didn't feel like you had anything else worth trying. So the hope was, let's see if these guys turn into something because what's the alternative there wasn't a great one that was the problem with those you know with with the team certainly a couple of years ago and at points in time last year and then you saw just how short that bench rotation was would it have been useful to have a guy or two yeah but then you went out and you got Derek White and that's what he was supposed to do in there but you needed something there they just never turned into that and that's fine it was just playing those guys versus other guys who you knew were uninspired to begin with uh anyway but now you've got actual professional basketball players on your team you know like with Derek White and Brogdon it's just a different caliber of player where they're just able to do so much and again you're talking about how high functioning this Celtics team is and how cerebral they are in terms of the way that they're playing basketball both ends of the floor it's a you have to know what you're doing 
or else you're going to be lost out there when it both comes to moving the ball and making all the right reads and the off ball movement and the, all of the screening and all of that that's going in to and the spacing that's going into their offense. And then with the defense and their switching and their rotations, you've got to you've got to be both physically good, but also a very cerebral player to be able to handle everything that's thrown at you uh, on this team and be successful. And they have it across the board. That's what's insane uh, is how everybody gets it. You don't have that guy. It's like, oh, every time you bring this guy in, he's just lost or this tanks or this drops. There just doesn't exist on this team. And that's what's no, there's no, there's no Schroeder this time. around. <laughs> there's no Schroeder. There's no Neesmith. You're going to play 22 seconds of defense. And then Neesmith just literally just runs into a person and again, fouls him with one second left on the clock. And like, Oh, no, man, one through what? 15. Yeah, they all fit. And even if you had those, well, like, that's gonna... what, it was always, there was always problems, whether it was Schroeder, Cantor, there's guys with just such limitations on things that they did. You're just like, oh man, you know, when they're out there again, we always talk about surviving those minutes. You're trying to survive certain minutes with certain rotations out there. No, uh, you don't survive. You extend and you even extend. even in that game on Friday where they lost, there was a stretch where they didn't have Tatum out there and Brown led a plus two push it was either wednesday or friday i forget which heat game it was but they're a positive team with brown out there and tatum sitting and they have been all year so they can you know, <laughs> facilitate through those moments i thought the bench unit was great uh throughout this game as well um really put some pressure on the Nets second unit and uh you know one guy i don't know if we mentioned or you guys mentioned him before i got on here but al is going to take a night off tomorrow i'd assume is really starting to turn it up defensively himself. I mean, he's he's switching, he's active, he's blocking shots around the rim. I think he had three blocks in this game, right? Uh, so he's try- kind of le- reaching his peak as the season goes along here defensively and really being a cog in the middle. Uh, I think he's allowing 42% shooting when guys shoot against him. Uh, he didn't do much offensively in this game, as you see there. But uh, as this team starts to turn the corner a little bit defensively, he's doing a lot of work. He's obviously the key to the switching. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he did some good stuff in this game, especially switching out on some of the guards. Yeah. Yeah. That, Bobby, I, I, was, Durant, I, that was the play of the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was really when you talk about the, the progress they made defensively in this game, I think Al was the catalyst. His ability to do all those things you said, Bobby. But the one thing that you touched on, I think, is the most important is his ability to switch defensively, his ability to not allow himself to be put in positions where he could be exposed. I mean, whether it was Kevin Durant, whether it was Kyrie, whoever, Al didn't get completely smoked when that switch went down. Uh, he was able to hold his own, and that's what you need from the veteran. And on nights where he's not scoring, where he's not shooting, if he can do those other things that defensive end in the floor, it more than makes up for what he's not doing offensively because they got plenty of guys who can get shots. They don't have a lot of guys who can do what he's capable of defensively. Agreed, and we'll see how they handle that absence again tomorrow that should be a good situation for blake this i know how you game. handle it how's that come on cornet try again blake. <laughs> it's blake no keep trying no 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 going no no none of you guys Grant. got it yet no chance of that who happening. is it rob no nah, not yet <laughs> I actually just saw him coming out of the locker room. So he is on the trip. He scrimmaged this morning. Uh, and I think he got involved with some of the, you know, second unit guys there. Deaf, got deaf guys who scrimmaged in the morning before games. So 
It uh, feels like he's kind of taken another step there in, in terms of moving out of that controlled environment. But I still think he probably needs to get through a walkthrough. And uh, some of these, you know, I don't know if they're going to practice out west. I, I think they'll probably have some room to practice once they get out there. Uh, so once he gets one of those, I don't know. They, we, we kicked around Golden State. Could it be even maybe that Phoenix game before the Golden State game? Um, I think one of those two would make a lot of sense. He's playing. He's coming. <laughs> you think Toronto tomorrow? Who knows? Who knows? That would be great. Can uh, we yeah. just let's just let's just let's just put it out there. Okay? It makes sense. Look, I said this earlier. Who knows what he needs? What he needs right now is just to be in game shape, but we talked about it a couple shows ago. The only way he gets in game shape is by playing games. So at this point, they're not they're no longer physically worried about him. They only want him to get into game shape so he can go out there and be effective. At this point, when he's ready to go, he's just going to go. Uh, it, it One of these days, he's just going to play. It could be tomorrow. It could be a couple of days from now, a week from now. It's just going to happen. You know, the fact that they're no longer saying, ah, we want to work him back maybe a couple more weeks of conditioning and see. The fact that every update has been pretty close means just one day he's just going to show up in uniform. So why yeah. not? Why not? It's why almost, not tomorrow? It's almost like they're waiting for him to give the thumbs up. That's uh, what I Joe said to Sherrod earlier. Today. Like, yeah. the, every update now is like, we're just going to make sure he's ready. I think he, they've given him medical clearance at this point. It's when are you ready, Rob? And when he's ready, that's it. And I can understand if he's being a little bit hesitant about coming back too soon, because when you think about just his career trajectory up to this point, he's shown so much promise of being a truly elite, um, dare I say, all-star caliber big man in this league. And yet the only, literally the only thing that you can seriously have a knock against him is staying healthy. And so for him, I think he wants to be absolutely 100% certain when he steps back out on the floor, he's ready to go, and he's ready to go for the long haul. Uh, yeah. when, I, when I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, he, you know, he did mention that you know, when he's back out there, he's missed enough games already, so he's got that behind him. He doesn't, he doesn't anticipate or it, that he'll miss any more games because he's already missed so many. So that, I Let's think, go. is part of is why he's being real overly cautious about his return. And, and that's what we say is like at this point, like I think everybody, every Celtics fan is totally prepared to live with oh, live in a world where Rob comes in and plays 12 minutes, you know, and that's it. A, a little stint coming off the bench in the first half and another one in the second half. And that's it. Yeah. And that's Just fine. Get taste, taste Just get a taste and start working your way back in there. Get used to the guys. Get Fair used man. to playing, you know, get into some rotations. It could happen anytime, so who knows? Uh, Josue, yeah. you were just in talking to some of the guys. Why don't you give us an update out of the locker room, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, man. Jalen Brown, um, I'm going to leave with it. We'll leave with him. Um, he was really open in this one, uh, talking about his relationship with Kyrie Irving, who he says during his time in Boston, Kyrie's time in Boston, that they didn't always see eye to eye. They didn't. Uh, they got into it a lot. So um, over the years, the relationship has, has, has gotten better, and obviously uh, what they mean to the NBA's Players Association and, and – um, just making sure that things are happening fairly, right? Everything that went down between the Brooklyn organization and Kyrie and 
um, he, he um, Jalen, of course, lended, lended his support in a big way. And he just pretty much talked about how, uh, you know, the past few years, th- things have changed. And um, he's still someone that he considers a friend, someone that he can uh, talk to in, in, in the same way um, Kyrie does with him. It's, it's vice versa. So um, I thought that was really interesting. Um, didn't, didn't see that one coming. Um, Sherrod, I'd love to, love to hear you weigh in on this because that's something that was sort of not spoken about, but you sort of got that vibe. I mean, obviously, there were some instances where it just seemed like they just, um, you know, Jalen, remember that one that game in Miami when he got into it with Marcus Morris and then, you know, he was injured, came back, lost his starting position with the team. It just we, we always wondered what that relationship was like, because it seemed like Jason Tatum and Kyrie Irving had a much better relationship, you know, compared to, to Jalen Brown, who um, sort of had to refound. He had to uh, retool his role in the team that, that season. Right. And I'm talking about the year where um, uh, Kyrie the the uh, his second season in Boston, the second and final season in Boston, where we weren't quite sure what the relationship was like, and I guess Jalen gave us some insight tonight. Well, a couple of things. First of all, Kyrie and, and Tatum had the whole Duke connection, so that that put their relationship on a faster track to to gel quicker than I think Kyrie with any other teammate because of that having that common thread. But Jalen, you one of the things to me, Jalen, there's his tough minded stubbornness is both a blessing and a burden uh it makes him who he is as a player makes him a very uh durable player from a mental toughness standpoint because when you think about some of the things that he's had to manage and navigate i mean how many guys picked in the top three are booed on draft night Jalen knows what that feels like how many players you know put up the kind of numbers that he puts up and is consistently seen as the other guy uh and so Jalen manages all of that that type of stuff with just a real cool, calm, collected, crushing style of play. Um, but as far as his relationship with Kyrie, that's not surprising because Kyrie wasn't exactly BFS with most of the guys on the team. I mean, if you take Tatum out of the mix, uh, I think guys respected him, and I think guys genuinely liked him, but, it's, but you can respect and like someone and not want to work with him uh, or, not, or not be crazy about the working relationship. Well, and So, no, it doesn't surprise me that, that they had rough patches at all. But I mean, they, that was out in the open. Every time Kyrie right. would say, "Like those guys, right. they don't get it, and they've got room to grow, and they want it all at once, and this and that." Jalen's like, "I know it you're starts, talking about me, yeah. you know." It like starts from the top, it doesn't start from the bottom. That's the quote yeah, that, so, that really, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd and, always and, say and, that, right, but it yeah. wasn't. It was never by name, though, right? It was always like out there, and no. that's why it was sort of. Well, the, we knew, the, who, the we knew, it we knew who was talking right. about who, and Jalen would answer it. Publicly, like, I don't think we benefit from guys going off and saying stuff about other people. We're better yeah. off just kind of keeping it here. So they clearly didn't – they clearly didn't see eye to eye. I don't love that they see eye to eye now. It's one thing to protect somebody in the role of your uh, of vice vice president of the Players Association and look out for their interests. I do think there's a beef there. I do think the Nets kind of played fast and loose with what they could do with Kyrie Irving and when he could come back, and we're just making stuff up as they went along. And if you're looking out for all players, you're absolutely going to be like, what are you guys doing now, you know? Mm-hmm. Like – it was demeaning. It was excessive. And I, and and also it just didn't really have – there was no shape to it. It was just, like no I said – No rationale at all. No mm-hmm. rationale at all, just whatever they felt like it. So you're absolutely going to defend that. Different story. As far as, like, looking at Kyrie for guidance and things like that, honestly, stay the F away. Like, I, I, it's, I don't really want to hear it. You know, like, you know, I, don't you know think that's, I don't think that's the guy you want to be leaning on. Well, here's the thing, John. I, I will say this about Jalen. Uh, Jalen, I, I think he, he's a smart enough guy to know that sometimes the counsel and guidance you have isn't so much what you should do, but what you shouldn't do. 
one of his first like role models in the league, the guy that took him under his wing, was a dude by the name of Dwight Howard, who we all know Dwight is more than his share of knucklehead moments. And, and Dwight, I've talked with Dwight about this, and he opens up about that. And he, he used to tell me that when he talked with, with Jalen, he would say, yeah, this is some of the things I did well, but these are some of the things that I didn't – I probably should have taken a mulligan on and not done. And that was part of his, his you know, just the, the process that he had with Jalen. So I, I think Jalen is smart enough to know there's certain people that you have to have in your circle, if you will, who are examples of, you know, some of the things you like, and some of the things you don't like, people who are just complicated uh, mm-hmm. because life in itself is kind of complicated, kind of messy. Uh, I, I just wish that sometimes Jalen would be a little bit better in articulating the aspects that he's down with and the ones that he's not. Yeah, because, be a little less vague sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, yeah. This, a little bit cryptic and a little bit vague sometimes to kind of like, I'm going to keep you guys guessing. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it, that, that doesn't help him by any means. That You're right. That's a good uh, point. Yeah. If you remember, he, he did come out against Kyrie when he was making those comments against Boston during the uh, first playoff series sure. between these two. Yeah. Uh, so there was a moment where they split there. I think what he said about that first stint uh, was true and makes a lot of sense in terms of how they played the veteran young guy rift on this team. Josue always talks about the Marcus shove, Marcus Morris uh, shove that is in Miami. So I think there were a lot of different angles on that team and different personalities that clashed and a lot of it got thrown on Kyrie. Different agendas, lots of agendas. Yeah, like Kyrie's sort of the poster child of that team's dysfunction when there were more layers to it. Uh, So uh, I think it says a lot about Jalen that they've been able to squash that and move on and connect and uh, you know, align on some things. And listen, we, we might agree on a lot of the things that he, uh, you know, connects with him on. But um, I think I think it just sort of shows the growth of Jalen and, um, you know, what he's kind of moved on to in his career because he can go out there and attack him on the court. Like, I still remember that little transition bump uh, that he laid on him in that series last year. I, like, I, I love where Jalen's at right now. I think he's sort of taking steps as a leader. Jason's taking steps as a leader. And that's still one of the things I look at with this team and say has made a major difference. Like, they've been able to rally everybody, keep them on the same page, get them through some turmoil of their own early this season. And uh, Jalen, I think, has shaken off some struggles from early in the season as well over the last week here. Like, this is, like Brogdon said, like, he's playing at an all-NBA level right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stacking up a different time. But he's in that mix. Yeah, it hit his stretch right now. Um, and you're right. It's so funny when you talk about, like, struggles. All you're talking about is, like, some efficiency in some cases. with and him turnovers, like, yeah. And the, and the turnovers, which were just too many. But you're looking at the last few games, you know, 34, 37, 26, 36, 25, 31, 25, 27. Oh, scoring. He's been brutally. He's just pouring he's, it in, you know. At scoring right now, he's as good as anyone in the league. He can yeah. just fill up that fill up that. Score. That's again. He's. A, I mean, again, the, the the conversation we had the other day, you know, a couple of weeks ago about Jalen was like basically like, can we just all agree he's an absolute bucket machine, and that might be all he ends up being for the rest of his life, and that's incredible because that's the hardest thing to do in basketball, and that alone puts him in the in the all NBA conversation just simply for his ability to score, for how explosive he is getting to the paint, for how, you know, 
dangerous he is in transition. All of those things. He doesn't have to do it. He doesn't have to do another friggin' thing. He doesn't have to have another assist in his life. As long as he's doing that, making proper reads and getting buckets at the frequency he's getting it, great. Because right now he's a just he's an absolute killer. Uh, and when you have that, it's just such a problem um, on this team. I mean, it's just most teams just don't have it. You, we take it for granted because you've seen them for now the last few years. Most teams just don't have two guys that are like, oh, my God, this guy, too. You know, it just it's 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 unreal um, that they can go 30 30 on any given night. And it's not surprising at all. So, you know, again, it's the Jalen night. It's the Jalen show. He's run it the last couple of games. Uh, Tatum's been a little less efficient. He's had colder first halves. Uh, hats off to Jalen because, you know, you're going to give a lot of credit uh, to him for, you know, kind of keeping them in, um, you know, these last, uh, you know, not keeping them in, but being the integral part in a lot of these games, uh, uh, you know, recently with his with his scoring. He's just been he's just been crazy. Yeah, nice to see yeah. them both shake off the offensive struggles and really defend in this game. Like I've been waiting for this team to put on a performance like that on that side of the ball. And you know what? It turned around for them at the end of the game offensively. Yeah. They really got rolling and slammed the door on Brooklyn. That's yeah. the key. That's the key. That's what Jalen Brown also talked about. Um, that's what led to this, um, you know, that that big score and uh, that big first quarter for him. And just overall, he's saying that the defense is going to trigger the offense. And that sort of was the case the last couple of games. And he said that that's what's going to determine if this road trip is going to be a success or not. Can the Celtics continue to do this night in and night out? Obviously, they got a, uh, the second half of a back-to-back in Toronto, which is why they were really quick to get up out of here and, and catch that flight. But um, that's the key. That's something to keep a close eye on throughout this um, road trip. And uh, as for Jason Tatum, I asked him about Jalen Brown and if these two have had any conversations about uh, what Jalen's doing right now. And after a long pause, he said, man, I just I just say, hey, whatever is working. You know, maybe if you're wearing the same socks, if you're wearing some something lucky, keep it going. You know, whatever it takes to keep this streak going because we, we, we're loving it right now. And, of course, we're going to need that energy throughout the course of the six-game road trip. And it's amazing. It's like you just look at it like, sure, yeah, Tatum didn't have a great score. He had his had his kind of his worst offensive game of the season against Miami last game. You know, yeah. he play he, he, you know plays an awful game, turns it over five times, and they and they and they they it goes to OT and they lose. Obviously, Jalen hits that miracle shot. It tonight he kind of started off cold as hell. He's got nine turnovers. That's freaking horrible. Still ends up with twenty nine points and finds his way out of that. Um, so it's again, but before that. It's just how quickly we forget. He's 49, 35, 30, 37. I mean, he was just killing people. So, again, these little teeny dips, one game, two game, you know, you just can't overreact to it. They're really freaking good right now. You've got two all-stars, two potentially all-NBA players, one guy who's probably a top two MVP candidate right now, and then everything else is going well around them. So lots of reasons to be happy. Uh, Another game tomorrow in Toronto. None of you guys are going to Toronto. Is that correct? Nope. Passport. Bobby loves Canada. I Bobby. am. I, I'm gonna dust. jump on. I'm gonna jump on the wheels and just catch a, <laughs> catch a flight with the Wait, Celtics. What? Are you are you gonna are you gonna sneak you sneak onto the flight? I don't know, man. I, I think your secret's out right now. You're on. You're on. You're on live. No, I gotta skip Toronto this time. But this is gonna be the year. Oh, I thought he was doing it. Oh, yeah, I believed you. I was like, wait, like, what? Just walk in with Luke Cornett and say you're his cousin, and just I'll walk get on behind the plane. him. He's tall enough. They won't. They won't see me. I thought you were sneaking your way onto the plane. <laughs> no. I believed you for a second. I'm like, you got that Luke cookup. Let's just say this. This has to be the year those teams meet in the playoffs. Uh, 2020, we had so much fun with that series last year. It was you so just close. Want to go to Toronto. 
Yeah. You just like Canada. No, we yeah, love all the Raptors fans it. in the chat. It would be great basketball. We love we those guys. It. Yeah, that's true. It's been too long. The bones of the show. You know, we that still was- dr- we still have a few Raptors fans who watch just because they were entertained back then. Uh, we are going to wrap this up though. Beginning of um, an era. I want to have you another know? cookie. Um, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna run in there. Uh, how many quick, just, uh, how many baker's dozen you got going over there, John? Jeez. We made we made oatmeal scotchies tonight. Uh, well, a half of the batch was uh, oatmeal oatmeal with butterscotch, and the other was oatmeal with chocolate chip. Um, okay. The butterscotch, if you've never had oatmeal and butterscotch combo, is is oatmeal phenomenal. cookie. Those are good. It's, it's, you it's, like that, Yeah, I love butterscotch. Is a oatmeal, great though. is a has great. Anyone, has anyone I co-sign on that. Totally yeah. co-sign on that. Has what, anyone oatmeal? received uh, phenomenal shirts yet? I, they went out as a fact. I know that George sent them all out on Friday. We are short a few, so we're ordering more. Um, tweet us, tweet us when you when you get yours. We want to see them. Yeah, 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 guys. Honestly, yes. Yeah, send us, send us yeah. your pictures when you get them. I, I do want to see them. We'll share them yeah. on the show. That'll be fun, actually. And okay, for goodness sake, if you're going to games, wear them. Okay, um, that would get be great. Green. Yeah, that would be great. Uh oh, sure please hot. tackle him. <laughs> okay. John got some uh, you got some fancy football on, on the line there my season just my season not a big deal um, we'll tell you guys uh, you know uh, a couple things again our sponsors Athletic Greens you don't care about our matchup do you John he's on to his other uh, league no I, I, I've got some problems I'm not Sherrod or Bobby but I've got some problems um, check out uh, Athletic Greens go to athleticgreens.com slash garden for a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs your first purchase one stop one scoop 75 vitamins and minerals boom cup of water drink it you're done all of your health needs taken care of make sure you check it out and use that uh, you know URL right there athleticgreens.com slash garden to get your free gift and of course Calm one of our longest running sponsors the number one mental wellness app go to calm.com slash garden uh, and receive 40% off a premium subscription uh, and you know just a great tool to help you relax uh, and get to bed and you know relax your mind and your body uh, once again the Celtics uh, beat the Nets in a very gratifying game a game where you saw the return of the defense Jalen Brown has a monster game Jason Tatum when it counts frustrating Kevin Durant frustrating Kyrie Irving always brings smiles to our faces so an all-in-all enjoyable way to start the trip Tomorrow, Rob Williams makes his debut in All Toronto. Right. We don't know. Yeah, yeah. Fake Come news. No fake news. No fake news. Fake news. But tomorrow, tomorrow they play Toronto. Who knows? It could be Rob. We're not sure. We appreciate you guys hanging quite a bunch, uh, quite a large audience for a Sunday night, which is great. Uh, so, again, thanks for hanging. I'll let you know this. Uh, we are, we, you know, of course we're doing a show tomorrow. We are doing West coast shows, uh, for those who can stay up and that's not everybody, but it's certainly going to be me and it's certainly going to be Bobby and whoever else wants to jump on those. We will definitely be doing shows after those late, late, late West coast games. So, uh, you can definitely look for us there. We never stop. Oatmeal raisin cookies are not the best. They're, hey, they're up there though, but I like them. I like them. More than most, a lot of people hate raisins at yes. all costs. Yeah, I still think I don't they like work. Raisin. But oatmeal raisin, though, they yes. I'll avoid the raisins. Yeah. What do you eat around the raisin? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to do. Just surgery. 
Do an autopsy, peel the raisins out, and then mash a cookie. Just don't need to do it. The only time. The only time I don't mind. Anyway, yeah. Anyway, thanks, guys. I'm going to go have some cookies, uh, and we will see you guys uh, tomorrow. Good night. Thanks to Sherrod Blakely, Josue Pavone, Bobby Manning, all working hard in Brooklyn. Check us uh, out. Celtics All Access. Segments coming. Yes, sir. Yep, there'll be some post-game segments, all of our interviews. Uh, check it out on our YouTube channels. Of course, subscribe. Hit that little bell to get your notifications when a video posts and when we go live. Good night, everybody. Good night.